this guy was giving me a lot of stories that were like, you know, there's no way to back him up, no way to prove them, no way to actually validate them whatsoever. And he wanted me to kind of say them and, and, and like, he was like, no, it's the way it is. It's the truth. Like, you should put this in your next video. And that's where I started getting suspicious because they were trying to seed this stuff into my videos. Welcome back, everyone. I'm here again with Jay Anderson. Jay, welcome back, my friend. Thank you. All right. So I think the last thing we were talking about is you were in Morocco and you were hearing Arabic yeah, voices. I, I like uh, sleep paralysis. And I don't know, maybe someone was doing some voodoo on me or something. It certainly was a bit surreal and sinister. Sleep paralysis can be like that, though. It's a very strange area to dive into because uh, it kind of blurs the lines between. Are you really dreaming? Is something actually happening? It's hard to know. It's hard to know. It's definitely hard to know. Mm. All right. So uh, going through your journey, how's it progressed since that 2019? Become increasingly more suspicious and paranoid of everyone. Interesting. Mm -hmm. what, how so? Oh, I just, I don't know what is really real with this subject. And I've had my own experiences with people trying to sow disinformation into things that I've presented over the years, like, you know, people who've approached, tried to get me to say certain things. I, I just don't know what's real anymore. And like, I think that this subject has such a incredible level of disruptive capability for the human species. If it's fully understood or explained or articulated by our power control structure, governments, whatever you want to call it, I think that the level of disruptive capabilities present with this subject absolutely necessitates an extremely sophisticated disinformation program, mm -hmm. which we've probably seen for the last 80 or so years. So I don't know who to trust. I don't know who to believe. I don't know what stories are really real. I have to just go with my own experiences. I think at this point, there are certain instances that I think have credibility. And there are certain people that I think have credibility. And I certainly don't think that I'm like the only one to have experienced something real. Now, a lot of people have hundred percent, but I don't know what's real anymore. You know, at one point when everything was kicking off in 2017 with like TTSA and everything, I was, I was like, so excited, man. I was like, oh my God, look at all these guys coming out. I don't know. Now they've all just got book deals and. Well, I was I was just talking to Morehouse about the uh, Mosul orb. Familiar with that? Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, so there's some facts about that. That first of all, it's the one that's highlighted by Arrow, right? It's like their one case that they're mm -hmm. like, oh, we don't know what it is. Uh, yeah, I 100% think that is a craft that we have. It's almost, not yeah, anti-gravity. Yeah, because it's not like jerking in left and right. Like it's just traveling along a very straight trajectory. And I think it got caught in camera. And I think they need to, like, I think Arrow is their sole purpose is disinformation. Oh, yeah. No, and the, the key piece of evidence to me that explains that is every witness that went to talk to them had to sign a non disclosure agreement. Mm -hmm. Why? Yeah, yeah, like Robert Salas, his stuff is out in, in the open. open Why would he have to sign in? Right. So yeah. it's akin to like a counterintelligence kind of Venus flytrap. 
yeah. right? Or honeypot. It's a honeypot. Well, it's not really. I mean, I'm sure Sean Kirkpatrick is attractive to some females, but it's not exactly a honey. You know, you know what I mean? Like they're just there to capture these people, expose these people and lock them down so they don't talk anymore. Yeah. And so, also, I think, present information to the public in a way that's so bureaucratically dry and boring that most people would suddenly consider something as radical as potential non-human actors in our skies as a boring bullshit bureaucratic topic so you know it it certainly does seem to be playing the role of downplaying the importance and the, the overall resonance of the subject well here's a question for you since when did we start classifying balloons as uaps yeah for sure isn't that interesting isn't that interesting i mean it's just literally when we had those chinese balloon incidents that's when they started calling them uaps why would they do that Especially when, like, UAP now, according to the actual official nomenclature, uh, like, the what that stands for, because it's changed a few times what UAP stands for. Now it stands for Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena. To advertise on Through Glass Darkly, email throughglassdarkly ads at gmail.com. So uh, how does a balloon fit into the category of anomalous phenomena? I mean, it's a balloon. I don't know how you could, uh, you know, why is that being thrown into the UAP category? It's surely not something. Disinformation. Really. Seems, clearly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, clearly. Yeah. But it's like, oh, what a surprise. The US government's being dishonest on this subject as well as every other thing that they're talking about in the public space. Like, I mean, this is the thing that seems to be like lost on people is like, oh, no, they're, they're, they're surely going to be telling the truth about this one thing. Like that makes no sense, especially right. since this one thing also happens to be incredibly disruptive and has a psychological warfare component to it. Like it has value. It has value as a psychological warfare tool. And so the idea that this subject, something that's so crazy, so potentially classified, so deeply studied in secret and so mismanaged with disinformation would be handled like objectively and transparently by the US government. I don't really understand that. And that's not like an attack on America. I love America. My government is the same. Like we're all in the same situation in the West. Like we all have the same problem. They're all in the same party. You know, R R Ricky Sunak, I think his name's Ricky Sunak. I can't even remember the name of my own prime minister. That's how little I care. Yeah, Ricky, I'm, <laughs> he's, fr he, he's friends with Biden. You know, they're all friends. They're all yeah. part of the World Economic Forum. And that's not even a conspiracy because Ricky Sunak literally is part of the World Economic Forum. He came up through the Young Global Leadership Program, just like Boris Johnson, just like Justin Trudeau, just like Emmanuel Macron. Like, my point is that, you know, they, like, they're all running in the same corrupt group. And the idea of trusting them on anything disruptive is hard. Now, that's different because there are layers. Now, it's not saying like, oh, Timber Shet and Marco Rubio, they're all lying to us. No, they're following what they believe to be the, the roots of truth. Yeah, I, I think Timber Shet's the rare exception so far. So in far. terms of what you think he's uh read he's one of the or? I I think he knows some stuff, but I think he has to be because in his congressional district, it's like part of Oak Ridge National Lab is there, which is where they do nukes. From, from my like from my experience with Bushette, I would say he's not. I would say that he's someone that has recently become interested and open to it because he doesn't demonstrate uh, a level of background knowledge that would indicate he knows enough. I, I think he's just very interested. Okay, my, my my personal opinion is he's one of the exceptions in that 
he actually cares about getting out the truth, but I think oh, he, he knows. I think he knows a little bit more than he can say simply because he's read into some of these programs, but I don't think he's read into a lot. The other thing, again, a good counterintelligence tool that they'll use is they'll read you in on a project that's like 90, 95% open source intelligence. And then you can't talk about any of that. Exactly. Exactly. So that might've been what they did to Rubio because he's been very quiet. Yeah. Or whatever this is, the secret is so disruptive that it would cause a civilizational collapse, right? And I'm not talking about upsetting religions and things. I'm talking about things that are far darker. Where do you think this is all leading? You think we're going to get any disclosure? Anything? I don't know, man. I don't know what that. I don't really know what that means. I guess people have different definitions of what disclosure really means. A government's going to say that they have evidence of non-human technology and beings. They've kind of already said that, like to an extent, you know, like on multiple, multiple uh, yeah, sources. Like they've kind of already said that. Are they going to roll out a vehicle? I doubt it. Like I don't Never. see that happening. Never. Like you know. So what is disclosure? What does it really mean? Are they going to just let it naturally unfold? You know, like, for example, John Ramirez says that he thinks the James Webb Space Telescope was deployed with a very specific thing in mind that they want to reveal to make it look like, oh, we've just stumbled across this. In fact, they actually knew what they were looking for beforehand. Maybe that's true. Like, maybe it's going to be a gradual acclimation process where they start introducing the concept of other biospheres that have actual complex life developing on them and they start kind of building that brickwork up. But, you know, you've already come in hot with unidentified flying objects in the sky with capabilities beyond, you know, any sort of blue and red arsenal. So it's like, okay, so it's no one, it's no human capability whatsoever. Well, it gets into a whole other rabbit hole with, you know, advanced secret propulsion and classified electrogravitic studies and, you know, the Tesla patents and T. Townsend Brown and, and <laughs> how much of this is ours. And the reason I'm bringing that up in terms of where do I think disclosure is going to go is because it's like, well, how much of this is actually non-human? When the United States and China clash, the world will never be the same, especially when forces beyond reality threaten to intervene. What if the United States went to war with the People's Republic of China? How would these rivals fight for supremacy on land, sea, air, and across the stochastic streams of time? What wonder weapons would be unleashed? What horrors would emerge from the irradiated sludge of the South China Sea? What heroes would rise and forever change the course of history? Tread into the deepest and darkest dimensions of the multiverse, gaze through a kaleidoscope of fractured realities, and bear witness to the disturbing visions of World War III from today's greatest minds in science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Weird World War, China. Available now from Bain Books at Bain.com. How much of it is non-human and how much of it is just being covered up and it's black budget classified aerospace platforms? I think that we've made success. I mean, you know what's really frustrating is that I have to like, and and I don't say this to show off, I swear to God, like I have to be careful because there are certain things that have been said to me by people within like that world of aerospace that are actually pretty interesting people that have flat out, and, and only one person, I'm not going to make this sound like I've got tons of sources, no, only one person, but like verified background in the aerospace world, that's all I'm going to say is in the aerospace world, 
but uh, interesting background. And like, they will never go public. They, they refused. I've got a recording of them where they're saying they'll never go public. And like, they don't know that I recorded, to be honest. So if they hear yeah, this, they'll probably maybe, be pissed maybe off. I should maybe I should. No, 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 it's okay. It's okay. Like, okay. I, I feel like I'm treading with just enough care right now. Like, I, I, I will never release that until that person's dead or I've got permission to release it. But what I'm saying is that it's very frustrating because there are moments where you get told something that puts you on a kind of different perspective on this, where I do think that we have actually made these capabilities. At least there are people that seem very confident that we have had these types of breakthroughs in classified study in the aerospace world, in the corporate aerospace world, and that we have exceeded these, you know, radical ideas of propulsion and spaceflight already. And, you know, are they being lied to or are they lying to you? It's really difficult to know. That's why when you first asked me, you know, how do I feel about all of this now? It's like, I'm, I'm kind of just paranoid and I don't really know who to trust because you get told certain things. You're, you're then not able to fully disclose that kind of stuff. Ross knows what I'm talking about here because he's got so many different people that he's spoken to where you can't actually just flat out say these things and put it out there because you will burn your source. You will get them in trouble or you'll get yourself in trouble or you're just, you know, disrespecting that person that you've garnered a re reputation with. And now you're just throwing them to the wind and, and putting it all out there. And it's like, that's a really difficult position to be in. And I've only been in that a couple of times, like this one situation with this one thing that I would love to just put out there, but I can't put out there. And I don't like being in that situation. It's not actually a nice situation because I'm a bit of a loud mouth. Like I like to just say it how it is. And I'd love to be able to put that stuff out there. But the reason I bring it up is just because at this point, in terms of do I think there's going to be a disclosure, I have no idea what that really means. And for me, my own experiences are a complete 90 degree U-turn away from nuts and bolts and mechanics and vehicles and stuff. It was like my own experiences. I don't know. Maybe instead of going to Jacques Vallée, I need to be going to a shaman in the Amazon basin because I, maybe there's no connection to the UFO subject in my experiences other than the fact that these things happen. I, I think, I think they're all connected in, in different ways. In a spectrum. I mean, it was flying. It was unidentified. So by definition, they fit the UFO category. But are these, you know, aliens from Alpha Centauri or are these the higher dimensional astral entities of the seventh plane or are they the, you know, psychedelic right. intelligences of the DMT space or, you know, like this is the thing is we all have a myriad of questions and essentially no answers. We're definitely not going to get answers that deep from anything from government or from NASA or from any of these institutions that already have knowledge. I think the issue is that the people that are dealing with disclosure in the official sense are not people that are read in and are gatekeepers. So they're operating from a level of ignorance. They're coming into this thinking, genuinely thinking that their own institutions, their own agencies have no tangible data. There's never really been a good collection of evidence. They are truly starting at square one. Oh, well, now we have these sensors and it's a bit more sophisticated. We're starting to see these things and it's looking interesting. Well, that's the level they're at. That's what they believe that their own governments, their own right. institutions are at. And this is why it's a fake disclosure, because the true information is being kept far away from the people that are trying to enact this type of like unraveling of information. So they're just staying in this kind of like surface level basic knowledge of like US Navy pilots seeing some stuff off the coast of San Diego. And it's like, well, it's, let's it's name so names. I, 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 I'll, give you, I'll give you a discreet example. So you're familiar with Chris Mellon, right? Of course. Yeah.
He's very nuts and bolts. Very right. Very. He's actually not. So there's a guy, his name is Christopher Robinson. He's a Brit. Are you familiar with Christopher mm -hmm. Robinson? Yeah. Yeah. So Christopher Robinson tells me that Mellon came to him. It was a series of 10 experiments in Arizona where he was like 100%. Like he was able to correctly remote view. And he believes his ability comes from precognitive dreaming. Right. He predicted 9-11 two years before it happened, all sorts of crazy things and documented, et cetera. Yeah. When he was in Arizona, Chris Mellon came to him and said, this is amazing because intelligence people showed up to these experiments. This is better than anything we can do or our people can do. Mm -hmm. So what you're seeing from him is this very, the American version of blue blooded like the people can't handle this. We're so much smarter. I hate that shit. I fucking hate that shit. So does his cousin. Yeah. So I've heard. Yeah. John Warner. Yeah. So again, I don't know him. I'm sure he's a fine person, whatever. And I don't know his motivations for keeping it at the surficial level. Maybe he righteously believes that people can't handle the real truth. But if you look at that, group that they swim around in like the leslie Keens of the world right like she if, if she's a whole book on these manifestations right where mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, you know there's ectoplasm and like touching hands and darkness and stuff like that so the only point is this goes far deeper and i think the only way that any of us get to the bottom of this is a difference between belief and knowledge i well, think the well, only way to do it is to know and we're not going to get it from government and i know in the last episode, I was like very cautious about reaching out and staring into the abyss because the abyss will stare back. Yeah. But I think we all need to take calculated risks mm -hmm. to learn on our own. The same thing with remote viewing. Why is not everybody doing it, right? Why was it poo-pooed by the CIA? For a very obvious reason. If there's ability, well, it's real, but if there's an ability that everyone in the world has some degree of, where you can see anywhere into space and time, including the offices of Langley, Virginia. Exactly. And you're in the business of keeping secrets. Do you want that really to get out? Do you want people exactly. to really have that ability? Exactly. Yeah. So it, it's always like, don't listen to what the messenger says. Don't listen to the content of the message. Well, you should listen to the content, but always ask yourself, what is this person trying to gain from this. And I want to ask you, that leads to the next question. You said that some people have kind of thrown up misinformation or disinformation your way. How's that? Can you tell a little bit about that? Like, how's that approach? Like, what did they do? Don't, I don't want you to reveal any sources because that will definitely get you into trouble, but yeah, no, I wouldn't do that. Well, I had a genuine experience for like a year with someone that was claiming a background with the National Air and Space Intelligence Center. And they, they were an interesting person because I, I, I think they were claiming either GG or GS, because I know there's two different ones, GG15 or GS15. I can't remember which one. GS15 is the one I'm familiar with. Yeah. And so they got in touch early on, very intelligent, multidisciplinary knowledge, didn't sound like some role player in their basement, you know, sounded pretty serious, actually. To the point where I, when I got in touch with uh, Ross at the beginning of things, I shared the, the connect with Ross and we we're both trying to figure out this person.
And as far as I know, Ross still has no idea. We're both still just like, it's like could be legit, could be, you know, not legit. But he had a lot of things that he would say because he 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 was saying that he was read in, like, you know, deeply read in that he'd received a, a briefing at Tonopah Missile Range called Yankee GN, which stood for good neighbor. Yankee good neighbor was the designation, the briefing designation. He said it was like a continuation of Yankee Black. Was it Yankee Black? Because that was Richard Doty. Richard Doty claimed to have <laughs> had a briefing back at Air Force Office of Special Investigations. I think it was Yankee Black that he claimed. And this guy was claiming this, you know, continuation of the briefing of added material was Yankee GN, which stood for good neighbor. And that everything that's kind of classified is now like everything exotic propulsion wise is all going on at Tonopah these days. But he said the skinny Bob footage was real, you know, the skinny <laughs> Bob video. It said that Which, he, it's, it's been debunked, right? Like that. Well, that. I mean, to be fair, I mean, it hasn't been, I wouldn't say it's been conclusively debunked because the, the weird thing with it is, is there is obvious artifacts inserted into the video afterwards, like old film, all this kind of stuff. And that can be successful in kind of masking CGI yeah, if you uh, use things like I, that. I, th I think there was a film, there's some film YouTube channel, they're like film experts. And they went through the skinny Bob video and they were able to like, look at the, you know, compare the footage to, it's supposed to be, I think like VHS sort of footage and stuff like that. But the time codes were all off. It's supposed to have been sequestered from the fall of the Soviet Union. That's the claim behind the story is that it was apparently right. taken out of the Soviet Union when they were basically selling military secrets on the black market. And then it fell into their hands. But either way, yeah, I don't know. It's it's an interesting video. And like, it's very old. It was uploaded, like, you know, even in terms of like forgetting what they're claiming the age of the video is in terms of the upload to YouTube. It's like 12 years old. It's really impressive CGI, like a whole lot of money went into that. Okay. I, I'm not an expert. I did TV and film production for a university, but I'm not an expert, but it would still cost a hell of a lot to do that, especially 12 years ago or even more now, actually, because it was probably about 15 years ago now. It's a significant amount of time. So it's very impressive. And it's just counterintuitive. Just quickly on the Skinny Bob thing. I'm not saying it's real. I'm just kind of like playing devil's advocate. It's a bit mm -hmm. counterintuitive. Like if you spend a lot of money on making a hoax, you're probably going to do one of two things. You're either going to do it again because it was successful and you're going to try and trick people again, or you're going to come out and be like, I tricked you. Like, you know, uh, it was me. I fooled you all, dumbass. Like, you know, no, it, was, it wasn't aliens. But neither of those things happened. They just uploaded like six clips all at once and then done. And that was it. And it's never been repeated. Nothing similar has been done. And then you're interested in remote viewing. You know, they remote viewed it. You know, there was a whole thing of remote. Oh, viewing. really? Yeah, dude. Who, like they, they did? Crossed a, there's a, a YouTube channel that did it. They're Crypto like viewing? A remote viewing center channel. If you type in on YouTube, Skinny Bob remote viewing, it's like the only video yeah. where someone's done It's that. probably like Daz Smith and like Reardon. I don't think it's guys. Dan Smith, but... Daz, Daz. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, they tasked a, a bunch of remote viewers and, and they all got the same kind of thing. Like a, a creature in a military environment, a very male-dominated environment, feeling lost, feeling like it had been left somewhere. It was. They were all feeling the same thing. So it's kind of weird. Like, oh. I don't know. I don't know. My mm. point being, however, this guy was giving me a lot of stories that were like, you know, there's no way to back them up, no way to prove them, no way to actually validate them whatsoever. And he wanted me to kind of say them. And, and like, he was like, no, it's the way it is. It's the truth. Like, you should put this in your next video. 
And that's where I started getting suspicious because they were trying to seed this stuff into my video as well. But he's very, he's very insistent about you seeding. Oh yeah, no, right? I mean, well, he he would he'd be pissed off if I doubted him. Like if I was questioning, if I was like, okay, yeah, that's a clear, I, yeah, that's a clear. How do signal. I prove this? Yeah, how do I prove this? He'd be like, yeah. you know, like, well, you should trust me. Like, you know, I'm not just some jackass. Like, whatever. It, it was trying to make me feel like I was stupid for not wanting to just blindly regurgitate the stuff that he was saying. So, like, that's one experience where I definitely feel like I was brushing up against someone that certainly felt like more than just a, a, a you know, like a troll because they were very smart. And we spoke for like well over a year, like on the phone and stuff. Like, you know, we had a lot of conversations and like, this wasn't some idiot. He was very intelligent. And actually, do you know Scott Walter? No. Different universe kind of, because he's in like the archaeology hidden mysteries world. But, you know, we I, I, our, our worlds kind of intersect, especially. Yeah, at of course. And so I bumped into Scott a few times and, and he actually got in touch with me because he found out that I was talking about this guy called Holden. This is the name that had been given like this. He, he called himself Holden. And a few people who have been knocking around my YouTube channel since like the beginning will know the name Holden because I was talking about him at one point. That's interesting. Uh, just, Isn't that the main character of Catcher in the Rye, Holden Caulfield? Yeah. And there's this whole thing with like the Mothman prophecies. And then also with like mm. that weird documentary that came out about that mining town in America where paranormal stuff was going on. They were led mm. there by a guy called Holden. So like there's this whole thing with Holden that seems to be echoing through different paranormal groups and, and stuff. So I don't know if it's the same person or if he's playing on that. Maybe he's playing on that. Well, the other, the other thing is, what would his, from your perspective, what would his motivation be? Given the information that he was giving you, what would his motivation be? I think, well, he, he tried to boost my ego. And so if I reverse engineer what he was saying, I have to imagine that he saw me as someone that was up and coming and starting to kind of get a name and, and was getting guests and getting some interesting connections and would be a good blank slate because I have, I'm starting to gain a voice. There's a platform for them to disseminate a certain message out to a certain level of the population that they're trying to mess with. If this is the scenario mm -hmm. that's happening. So, you know, they, he was bigging me up and being like, you know, oh, at the beginning, like, you know, you got like natural leadership skills and you're very good at what you do. You're very smart with the presentations and, and people are drawn to it. And like, you know, just making me feel really good about what I was doing. So I have to imagine if I look back on that, it's probably because they kind of saw me as a good mark, a good mark of potential influence, you know? Well, I mean, yeah, you get, you know, kind of enmesh themselves with you when you have yeah, potentially. a really healthy YouTube following, which mm -hmm. is only, you know, guaranteed to increase over time. They just get you early. British or American? Sounds American to me. American. Yeah, American. Okay. Yeah. Now, the question is, is at, at some point, if this thing is leaning toward more disclosure, these people will start reaching out and cultivating you to get their message out in a way that they're shaping it, right? Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily going to be the entire truth, but it'll be, hey, how can we shape this? Yeah. So, but I'm a lot more anyway. savvy now. I've, I've, I wouldn't say I'm impervious, but I'm a lot more savvy and I have friends. None of us, none of us me. are impervious. Of course, none not, of man. us are impervious. Of course not. You know, tradecraft is tradecraft for a reason. Yeah. Everybody has a leverage point. Everybody. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just my approach has always been, I'm willing to hear people out. If there are logical holes that I can drive a truck through, I'll politely mention them. Yeah. 
But at the end of the day, I don't know. So even the most outlandish theories could have an element of reality in them. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I mean we could be living in a simulation. Like if I look yeah. at my life, we probably are. if I look at my life, it's just like, there's so, so many things that are preposterous that it oh, doesn't mean, I'll give you, I'll give you a random example. You, you, again, this is unrelated to UFOs, but you following the whole Bud Light controversy in the United States? Yeah. <laughs> yeah with Dylan Mulvaney. Yeah. I got so, into a fight yeah. with their CEO in high school. No shit. He tried to bully me and he, no he effed way. around and found out. Yeah, he no found out. Way. But it's just like that stuff happens to me over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Like I applied to all the military academies. Guess whose primary nominee I was? Joe Biden. <laughs> like it's just this, this, this crap happens yeah. over yeah, and over yeah, again. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. It makes no sense. So anyway, I, I mean, I got a million stories like that, but I'm not going to belabor for them. So what's the path forward, man? Like, how are we getting through this? Because the government ain't going to tell us. I mean, I think that I think we agree on that. Yeah, I think the path forward, at least just from an individual level, is for me, this has always been a more consciousness orientated topic. And so, like, I think the more truth more reality about this will be unveiled as we progress technologically not like it's counterintuitive because obviously i recognize and i i agree with people when they say that our focus on technology has decreased our empathy our spirituality our humanity that you know it's paving the way to destruction a technocentric evolution but i think there is a possibility that technology can also have a, a kind of a, a reverb effect and actually bring us back towards a spiritual mm -hmm. existence. And the reason why I think that is because science is becoming a lot more esoteric just because it has to, as we're entering quantum mechanics. Exactly. So as we're entering right. into this quantum world, our Newtonian model is becoming extremely unstable because we're suddenly realizing that material reality is not so easy to define. It's actually extremely ephemeral. It's fluidic. It's energetic. It's not actually uh, tangible as a physical thing. It's energy bundled up, vibrating, oscillating, spinning at different speeds and rates and frequencies at different levels. And that's what's creating the physical world, which is why so many physicists now believe that we could be in a simulation. And so I look at it from that consciousness perspective. I think that UFO disclosure, which I also believe is tied into higher levels of dimensionality, consciousness, our experiences of it. I think as we're getting closer with quantum computation, with artificial intelligence, even with psychedelic studies, where we're starting to look a lot deeper into the human psyche and the strange experiences that can be found on things like DMT, where you're meeting highly sophisticated astral multiform entities that provide incredible knowledge. Like, mm -hmm. even if this is subjective in the brain, hello, like this is something really worth looking at. Even if this is just in your brain, why does an astral entity exist in your brain that has knowledge that you don't have? And it gives it to you when you meet it. Like, come on. So you know, all of these elements are coming closer together. I feel like they're coming closer together. And if you look at the UFO, if you look at the behaviors of UFOs, if you look at the experiences people have reported, it is a perfect example of this inter kind of 
crossing place between physical and non-physical. It acts like a physical thing, and then it acts like a non-physical thing. It acts mm -hmm. like a material vehicle and then like an electron. It can be in two places at once. It can vanish from reality completely. So what I'm saying is that it, it seems like UFOs behave in a way that would suggest that they're produced from a place that we're coming close towards, this kind of post-quantum era. Once we cross the threshold of the Newtonian model, as we're moving away from it, and we are moving away from it, and society's breaking down in different ways that might not seem connected, but probably are, just it in terms of right. society and politics and, 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 and power plays and also sci science changing, everything's changing in different ways. So I look at it and go, yeah, I think we're on the edge. I think we're right on the edge of a chapter change. And it's after that chapter change that we'll be able to understand the UFO subject a little deeper. We can't do it yet. You can't understand a post-quantum technology or phenomena in a pre-quantum civilization, right? So we're on the edge. We can kind of get an idea for it. We're all here speculating and like, oh, maybe it's what dimensions, but we might get answers soon on that. There's three things that you just stimulated, okay? Mm. So the first is with society. I think we are where Martin Luther was in the 1500s, right? Yeah, Where right. The big okay. break with Martin Luther was that he severed that necessity of a, the intermediary of priests, etc. Mm -hmm. I think we are in that same moment when it comes to government. Right. I think we are becoming more self-governed and I think what you're seeing are the last gasps of yeah. an elite that is frankly incredibly incompetent, right? Particularly our politicians. I would say the people who are Unelected bureaucrats are actually more competent than our political class. But that's point number one. Point number two, when you're talking about the shift between physicality and non-physicality, I think there could be a mechanism for that. Now, I'm not a physicist, but I'll just, if I were to venture a theory, we all resonate our atoms, every atom in the body, our cells at certain frequencies. Like literally, like this, this is not woo. This is a fact. Yep, it's fact. Imagine if you're able to resonate th those matter patterns, right, with de Broglie's equation, right, at much higher rates of frequency. What that would appear to us is would be like a fan, right? If your fan is kind of at a low frequency, you can see it spinning. But at, at increasingly higher frequencies, it's essentially invisible. I've used, I've used this exact same analogy, but I use a bike wheel instead of a fan. Yeah, I mean, but that's... I think analogy. So... I think there's an element of truth there, but I don't know how to operationalize it. But if you're manipulating space-time and you're compressing space-time, you're essentially increasing frequency. Yeah. And that's why these things could appear to wink in and out of existence. I, I, Again, yeah. a physicist should check me on this. I could be completely... Well, a, a, a physicist checked me on it because I put a tweet up about this, like basically saying the same thing of like, you know, if you think about spinning a bike wheel and you try and put your hand through the bike wheel, your hand will bounce off of it because it's spinning so fast, it's giving the illusion of solidity. But if you slow that bike wheel down, you can put your hand straight through. Well, all of the atoms in this wall behind me are spinning really fast. If we slow those down, then perhaps we can go through it. But, you know, atoms can be slowed down by cooling, and they have this thing called Bose-Einstein condensates, which is where you get down to this incredibly cold level with atoms and they start to slow down the spin. But in terms of being able to slow down the atomic spin rate of like a wall to where you'd be able to pass through it, it's like 
basically inconceivable to us. Not that it's impossible, but this is where you get into that kind of any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable right. from magic, quote from Arthur C. Clarke, the third law of Arthur C. Clarke, which could apply here, which is that, yeah, to us, the idea of slowing down the atomic spin rate of an entire wall is ridiculous. But maybe for these creatures, like these greys, that people claim literally just come through the walls, and sometimes they're holding devices, maybe they have a device that allows, like, for localized, isolated atomic spin rate to be reduced in certain areas. So it's like, okay, the wall in front of me, reduce it. I can now pass through it like a ghost, like smoke through the air. But, you know, we're not there yet. This is that pre-quantum era versus post-quantum era. In right. a post-quantum era, if we have technology that works on like macro-quantum capabilities, yeah, you should be able to do things where you can make a microphone behave like an electron. Suddenly I can make it, you know, kind of bilocate. And we're obviously not there yet, but we're right at the edge. There have been some recent innovations and, and, and creations. There was one, I can't remember the university, but they actually managed to create a material that is existing in two quantum states at once. So it's basically proved Schrodinger's cat, the Schrodinger's mm -hmm. cat equation of like dual states. Right. It's a fluctuating material that is basically flipping between two different quantum states. And that's the first time we've done that on a macro scale. So we've done micro quantum fluctuations, um, but that's the whole kind of like problem with it, is that it only happens on the quantum level. How do you get these quantum effects bigger and how do you, you know, influence a larger object with this type of thing? We're just at the beginning. And so quantum computation, artificial intelligence, room temperature superconductivity, creating macro quantum materials, metamaterials. We're right on the edge, man. We're right on the edge. If civilization doesn't collapse beforehand. If we don't nuke ourselves into oblivion before then. Yeah. All right, my friend. I think I kept you for far too long. Not, so not a bad place to stop. No, you kept me fine, bro. I, I do this for a job. I enjoy talking about things. Yeah, and speculating and just trying to yeah. figure out what the heck's going on. So I appreciate you and thanks for showing up. You're most welcome. If you enjoyed today's video, please hit like and subscribe and also hit the notification button so you can be notified whenever I post new content. Thank you. Now, if you're enjoying the channel and you want to support it, there are several things you can do. In fact, there are five things you can do. The first thing you can do is just buy my books. I got plenty of books out in the market right now, and I would prefer that folks buy a book rather than giving me direct support because they get something out of it. They have a real tangible product. The second way you can support me is by becoming a member on YouTube or becoming a patron on Patreon. And just go to either site and it'll explain everything. way you can support the channel is by checking out my merch site which is here there's plenty of stuff that you could get to support the channel and i'd appreciate that you you have it and you can wear it not only do you help support the channel but you also help promote the channel and i appreciate that 
The fourth way that you can support the channel, and this is really easy, is anytime you want to buy something on Amazon, literally just go to the description below and click on any link, literally any link. The channel gets a cut of that and it costs you no extra money. You just go through the link as I'm part of the Amazon Affiliates Club. The fifth and final way you can support the channel is through donations. Now, I don't prefer these because it's more of a expression of gratitude, but you don't really get anything out of it as a subscriber to the channel. However, if you decide to do these options, there's two options. There's Buy Me A Coffee, which is a separate site. And there's also, you can go through YouTube with either a super chat, super sticker, or a super thanks. Again, I prefer Buy Me A Coffee because that organization takes less money than Amazon does. But either way, I appreciate any support you are willing to give the channel. So thank you very much and keep watching. I really appreciate it.